Today on The Breakdown, whoo boy, do we have something special for you. It's world champion Jonathan Duhamel against Jason Mercier in, you know, a big-time cash game hand. There is hundreds of thousands of dollars in front of both of these players. And let me say this. They're not going to be shy about putting chips in the middle of the table. (laughs) I was going to say the pot, but that's weird. Anyway, Duhamel makes a bit of a hand, and he goes for it in terms of thin value. And Mercier's going to have a tough decision. And we're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. The old school hands from the big game from like 2010 or 2011 or whenever that was going back, on. Back when everyone was terrible. Ah, poker felt so much more alive back then. It did. Yeah, I miss those days. Me too. People talked and were awful and just were horrible. <laughs> it felt like the whole world was wide open. Yeah, now here we are. And, you know, online poker was thriving in the United States. Oh, God. It was great. I bought a computer just for online poker back in 2010. I remember that. Just, just for only to play online poker with. That's how good it was. It was good stuff. Yeah. It was good stuff. And that's why Poker Stars was having this thing called the big game where they just gave somebody $100,000 to play with. That's how good it was. It was incredible. Yeah, and it's like, if you lose it, eh, that's fine. We're going to lose $100,000 an episode, plus the cost of, you know, So production. rich. Yeah. We're um, doing quite well. And poker, as Jonathan said, was easier. Ah, it was a better time. Yep. Now, I will say, playing against these two guys probably wasn't easy. No. These no. are two of the, these at the time were two of the best players in the world. They are still probably two of the better players in the world. I and still would not love playing against either one of them. by the way, is still pretty easy. It's yes, just, like, gotten it harder. It's, I mean, at the top, top, top levels, it's gotten, it feels much harder. And I think, I think it's subtle but true that the lower levels have gotten a bit tougher, yeah. too. Just more knowledge seeps into the community in general, and people understand these principles, or at least mimic principles they see good players yes. do, and it makes it a little bit harder on us. No doubt. Um, I will say, though, at the time, in 2010, when this big game was coming out, I probably felt the upper levels were just as hard as I feel they are right now, right? And probably 10 years from now, it'll be the same thing again, Yeah, right? Like, we just all get a little bit better, especially when we're doing this podcast or if you're listening to this podcast. We're getting incrementally better as we keep examining these hands and figuring out what all these elite players are doing. And uh, we, we're keeping up with them, and that's where we're trying to keep up with them anyway. Now we got the solver. We got all these things. We got tools. We got tails. What? Like tails. Like... Like stories or like the tale of an animal? Why do I have to pick? Can't I be both? I feel like you meant one or the other. I'm not... Why are you creating this world where I'm making you pick? I'm (laughs) I'm trying to ask you for a clarification. I I understand that. I meant tales like like a tall tale. Okay. Like a story. Like uh, Jack and the Giant Beanstalk? I think it was just Jack and the Beanstalk, not Jack and the Giant Beanstalk. It's James and the Giant Peach. Wow. I'm the guy who supposedly has the bad memory, and you can't do anything right. How does that feel? Does it hurt? Does it wound? A little bit? I'm just wondering if there's any other career opportunities for me. (laughs) You know, just replace me. Why not replace me? Or do you not have the guts? All right. Write in your resumes to replace Jonathan. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're going to get some. I'm just going to say. There'll be at least some Twitter-sized resumes. Show me your poker knowledge, your fun that you're not Jonathan in any way. I win that too. (laughs) 
I can be not Jonathan. Show, I can do it. How, how can you be not Jonathan? I'll do it right now. By your very essence. I'll, no, I'll do it. I will be not Jonathan for the rest of this. Well, for the next few minutes. So far, you're still Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I can really yet. tell. <laughs> I haven't started Tell yet. me when the, when the veil it's is It's going to start in 20 seconds, okay? I'm just I'm going to be not Jonathan for at least two minutes. You said the rest gonna, of the podcast. I changed it to 10 minutes, and now I'm, I'm trying to create manageable expectations for everyone, including myself and you. It's been almost 20 seconds. And Go. All right, so I'm here with not Jonathan, and we're going to talk about this hand. Not Jonathan. Yeah. Can you please weigh in on Alex Trembath? Yes. And, you know, maybe you could talk about the Hall of Fame or something like that. or what would, Absolutely. What would not Jonathan say about uh, Alex Trembath? Alex Trembath, clear Hall of Famer, obvious Hall of Famer. Put him on Mount Rushmore, because that's what we do. In this, in this place. You sound a lot like Jonathan. I I <laughs> you can't be not Jonathan. I couldn't rein it in, man. I know myself. I just did. I was trying to be Grant instead of not Jonathan. That was a big mistake. All right. All right. One more time. If I fail this time, we're done with it. All right. Give me five seconds tell, to prepare. All right. Not Jonathan. I would like you to tell us how Alex yeah. Trembath suggested this hand. Not Jonathan would not be laughing. <laughs> okay. Center and begin. Alex Trembath went on Twitter. He included a timestamped YouTube video. He did a great job. We're very excited to have this hand. This is a great hand, by the way. And it's an old hand, which we don't get that many of either. So great job, Alex. I mean, you sound so much like Jonathan. I sound like any podcast person. Are you just trying to not be a dick? Is that like you're not Jonathan? I'm keeping it together. Okay. Uh, that I think deserves to be celebrated. <laughs> that was Jonathan for sure. <laughs> see, but so then you see the difference between Jonathan. It's not fair for you to call me out 10 seconds in when I'm doing okay. See, you're doing a really bad job. Ask me to be not Grant for a while. Okay. I'll, I'll show you how to transform. <laughs> okay. Um, you ready? You have to like cue me up with it because I was queuing you up with like stuff to say. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um, why don't you uh, tell us about you know where Alex Trembath stands in the Pantheon? Why would I know about that? All I know about is coyotes. That's horrible. Now you're not doing the podcast. But I'm not point. Grant. But, you, but you're supposed to be doing the podcast still. Remember, we're finding... Remember, the thing is, I'm sending in a resume to do the podcast. I'm not just some dude you picked up in <laughs> New Mexico. I want, <laughs> I want Coyote Man <laughs> to be my... What the hell is happening right now? All right. Uh, coyotes. <laughs> coyote <laughs> Man is my dream <laughs> podcast co-host. You're doing a character. That's completely different than what I was doing. I was doing not, not Jonathan. Not is a character? No, it's not a character. It's an essence. It's a belief. It's a way of being in the world. It's a... It's a... It's a... It's a... <laughs> are you on Iron <laughs> Loop? Are you stuck on Loop? Stuck. I'm so stuck. All right. This hand occurred in 2010. <laughs> So something that is perhaps interesting about this hand that has nothing to do with Jonathan uh, breaking down and being unable <laughs> to do the podcast is that uh, since we've started doing the solver stuff, which has probably been about two months, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I don't think we've done a hand from before the solver era. Oh, I think cool. all of the hands we've done have been pretty modern where the players themselves in the hand may have been aware of solver. Yeah. Not that it necessarily had anything to do with how they played the hand, but this may be the first hand that we've analyzed using the solvers for some of the analysis where the solver wasn't even a thing on anybody's mind at all. Like, when, was, do we know when solvers actually came into being? I think 2015 is when Pio came out. Really? Oh so, God, I, I, my mind—it's so much. Uh, oh, 
you know, older than that, but you could be right. Uh, built on Tuesday, December. Oh, no, that's not right. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know when Pyle came out, but, but I think it's certainly out of the Solver era, no matter what. Even if the Solver existed in 2010, it certainly wasn't being used by almost anyone. Right. Maybe Bill Chen was tinkering with it and it was like yeah. a super rudimentary version. I think stuff like that was probably happening. Yeah. Anyway, this hand, the big game for those who don't remember, it's a cash game, six handed, 200, 400. They've got a loose cannon who's not going to be a factor here. Uh, there is an $800 straddle. In because why not? Why yeah. wouldn't you have an $800 straddle? I guess they must be getting late in the, in the game, and this gives the loose cannon more opportunities to it was, uh Yeah, I think this was hand 111. They play 150 hands. There you go. So, so they're like, and let's go, loose cannon. You've got to get that money in there. It absolutely is advantageous to the players to get the loose cannon to gamble late. And I mean, the loose cannon's going to gamble anyway, though. They really don't need to put the $800 straddle on. Loose cannon's going loose, loose to put the money, and they have to. Well, if they're losing, they have to. But sometimes you might have to encourage them, because the loose cannon was not always the smartest person. Maybe you're they right. They might not understand their incentives and stuff. They would usually explain it to the, the player, though, as they got closer and closer. But anyway... It doesn't matter. Loose cannon is not going to factor in this hand, so let's move. Not at all. And good job, Alex Trimbath. No matter whether Jonathan was being facetious or not, this is a good suggestion, and we appreciate you. Oh, you're a clear Hall of Famer, Alex Trimbath. Okay. That sounds like not Jonathan to me. So maybe I'm doing it. Maybe I'm doing it in in a stealth way. If you ever say anything nice about any of the listeners, it's not Jonathan. Hmm. Okay. Say something nice about Mark Testart and and be Jonathan while you do it. Mark Testart is one hell of a son of a bitch. That wasn't sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he sucks. <laughs> uh, I couldn't do it, huh? I came close. Yeah. What hell of a son of a bitch? You were going to say that wasn't good enough, right? Yeah. Okay. Because you call him a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a compliment. It could be a friendly thing. That's what people say sometimes, right? Coyote Man would say that as a compliment for sure. Yeah, Coyote Man would say that as a compliment. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Ah, you're one hell of a son of a bitch, aren't you? Get over here and have a beer. Can't believe you caught seven coyotes. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You just really work in that coyote angle. Coyote Man is the man. All right. right. Jonathan Duhamel. Yeah. World Series of Poker main event champion. Yes. Very good player. Continued to have success after winning that which many main event champions do not do. Correct. And success at a high level playing in these high stakes cash games and playing 100Ks and stuff like that. Yeah, winning, winning big events. And yeah. Was clearly playing really well. Right. I would say. He's got $133,000 in front of him. Yeah. Uh, again, 200, 400, 800. He's on the button with King 10 of Diamonds. He makes it 2,100. Oakley dokely. A little small with the 800 straddle, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It's perfectly fine. Jason Mercier who, you know, was winning a lot of stuff back then. Oh, man. Although he is uh, regarded by many of the current good players as being kind of bad, right? Like, Doug Polk thinks he's terrible. Doug Polk started the whole Jason Mercier sucks revolution with the bad reg thing, where um, he had, like, a note that Jason was a bad reg, I think, when he was playing. I think think that was Doug Polk. How was it? Um, But I know there was this thing where Jason was playing, like, the 25K W Coop event, and Joey Ingram, like, on Joey Ingram's channel, and Joey Ingram was uh, streaming it out, and Jason... Mercier made some decisions that the whole poker world was like, really? This is what you're doing? Where he like raised pre with like, I don't know, he had like 40 blinds or something like that with ace-10 on the button. Big blind three bet and Jason just shoved ace-10 and got insta call and was out. And it was like, really? Hmm. Shove? And so, like you yeah. can call on the button. Like, it's, it's, and it was like they were deep enough that it seemed like it was too much to do. Something like that. I, it's been years. It's possible the game is, has passed him by, but all that said, around the time that this was being filmed, it felt like Mercier was winning pretty much everything. Yeah. And like, I also want to say, like, when most of the poker world thinks you're doing something bad, that doesn't mean you're doing something bad. I know no. Matt Berkey would agree with that, but so would Vanessa Selbst. 
and so had a bunch of other really successful, really good players. And right. just because Jason Mercier did something that we're like, that seems bad, he often knows more than we do. And so it's important to remember that. He's a formidable opponent no yeah. matter what. I've never played with him. No, nope, me neither. But anyway, he's got around 200K in front of him. Not the okay. effective stack. Two Hummels, the effective stack with 133. Sure. He's got Ace, Queen of Spades in the small blind. This is a pretty much slam dunk automatic three bet. Auto. He does so to 6,200, essentially 3Xing. Mm-hmm. Folds back to Duhamel, who can't fold. Super easy King call. King 10 of diamonds. Was his Super hand straightforward call. That's what he does. He calls. Pot is $14,200. Yeah. The flop is a good one for the French Canadian. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry, French Canadians. All right. So the flop is <laughs> 10 of hearts, <laughs> 8 of spades, 4 of diamonds. So Duhamel flops. Top pair second kicker with a backdoor flush draw. Pretty good deal. Um, Yeah. Can live with that, especially against Mercier, where it isn't like he's super tight. Is this a dry enough board for Mercier to continue on despite missing? I think so. With Ace Queen of Spades. He I does have so. the back door straight and flush draw. Uh, that's really nice. There's going to be a lot of good barrel cards for him on the turn if he wants to do it. I think this is a pretty clear continue, even though the board is not amazing. Uh, Duhamel did call a three bet, right? So it isn't like he's going to be all over this board either, necessarily. He's not like a lot of middling cards necessarily. No. It's got a lot of pocket pairs that aren't going to fold. Right. He's got queen-jack suited, which is not going to fold. what are we really folding out? We're folding out king-queen. Yep. King-jack. Ace-jack. King-jack. Maybe sevens minus. Maybe sevens on down. Okay. And, you know, and there's, like we said, a lot of good barrel cards on the turn. Any spade, any queen, any ace, any king, any jack. We could reason... Any nine. We could reasonably continue on if we wanted to. That's pretty good. All this said, the solver only wants Mercier to bet 60% of the time. Doesn't think it's a slam dunk bet. Yeah. I imagine you can't, by the solver standards, check fold a hand as strong as ace-queen on this board. We can find out what the solver wants to do here, but I imagine you're right. Uh, actually, we can't find out based on the way we inputted everything. That's really too bad, Sorry. Jonathan. But of course not. We know, we know you wouldn't just check fold these. Right, and so it seems easier to play as a bet. Absolutely, for sure. That's what Mercier does. He bets 5,800 into 14.2. Seems like perfectly fine sizing yep. for this board. We're going to fold if we get raised a significant amount. It's no big deal. We're going to win this pot a fair enough amount of the time. This is just worth taking a shot at. And do you want the easiest decision in poker? Then be Jonathan Duhamel in this moment. Like, how could you possibly do anything but call? It would seem bad to me to do Make an argument, Jonathan. You like to do this. Make okay. the argument that nobody wants to make. Make an argument for raising. Okay, it can't be for fold. I can make no arguments for folding. No, folding so is absurd. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I wouldn't put you in that spot. Okay, make an make argument it, for raising. The arguments for raising are um, basically that if we're going to have enough bluffs on this, like if we're going to be raising some of our gutters and stuff like that, if we have 6-7 suited, if we have queen-jack that we six, might want to 6-7 is raise. a great raising hand, actually, double gutter. It's a really nice raising hand, for sure. If we have 9-7 suited, if we have queen-jack um, suited, those are all hands we can show up with here, I think. Um, those are hands we might want to raise some of the time. And so we have to balance that with something. And certainly we have maybe, om- we have, besides 10 8 we have no other two-pair hands. We don't have very many sets. We're not going to raise all our sets every time anyway. I mean, we, we, have all have- nine, we have all nine combos of sets available. Sure, but that's just not very many combos, yeah. right? Like uh, compared to some of the other stuff we can show up with. Uh, so and we're not going to raise all our sets anyway. We're not going to raise all nine combos of them. So we just need to have other stuff that we raise. There's some reasonableness to raising this one in that, that we have a backdoor flush draw to go along with it. So if we, get, if we raise and get called, 
There's some value that we can hit a diamond and continue. We deny equity by raising. It's not the absolute worst play in the world. It would never occur to me to raise. It's probably pretty close to a game theory disaster for the immediate value of the raise. Maybe not down the line, but... I don't know if we're folding out nines, but I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. It's... uh, Maybe we are folding out nines, actually. We might fold out nines even. Um, Because you block a lot of the straight draws that you would kind of want to... So your major reasoning for if you were trying to be forced to argue for raising... Is for the sake of balance because we want to have more bluffs. That's most of it. We deny some equity, which has some value. Yeah. But honestly, we're deep enough that it doesn't have a huge value. Like right. we want to win a big pot a lot more than we want to deny equity in this relatively small pot. It's not very small, but relatively small, right? Yeah. Well, you did it. You did a good job making an attempt. I tried. It wasn't great. Obviously unconvincing, but it was a good. I mean, it was a good attempt. There's no actual. You're in an impossible right. spot there. Yeah, it's yeah. not fair. You put me in that spot. Not Jonathan went for it. He did. And uh, Duhamel, of course, calls because that's what any reasonable player would do in this spot. Yeah. Any reasonable player would also play a nitrogen sports poker. And why would that be, Grant? Well, because, first of all, they are what I like to call the coolest dudes ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because they provide us with really fast withdrawals, which, you Uh, know what I'm tired of, Jonathan? What? Waiting for my money from lock poker that I withdrew five years ago. And never received. You and me combined, they owe us something like $23,000. Yeah, and 18 of that is mine. So <laughs> <Yep>. cool. <laughs> Super cool. Um, Nitrogen Sports is not like that. They are a Bitcoin-only site, and they act like it, unlike a lot of sites that use Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is an incredible technology. You might not know a lot about it, but what you can know about it is it's a way to send money around the world from wherever to wherever else. And it should not take very long unless something wacky is going on. Usually, there's not something wacky going on. And it doesn't take very long. And Nitrogen honors that. It yeah. takes 90 minutes when you withdraw money from Nitrogen. You can win a tournament. You can win a massive sports bet. Take out your Bitcoin. It'll be there in 90 minutes. That is unheard of by other sites because I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. Something shady, it feels like. It feels like it. But that's not what Nitrogen is doing. And that is probably actually the number one reason that I like and trust Nitrogen is that. Hmm. I think that's really cool of them. Yeah. And yeah. they've been doing this for years. We've been, they've been a sponsor for three years now, and they've done this all three years. And like, we, we can speak everyone. from experience. They pay us through that system. Yeah. And we withdraw through that system. And it is always it's fast. 90 minutes every time. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's something to just hang your hat on. Not only that, but of course, there's other benefits as well, such as our exclusive tournament that you can only access when you use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up for Nitrogen. It is a great tournament. We've talked about it a lot. It always has a big overlay. It's really worth playing. Yeah, it's fabulous. When he says a big overlay, they guarantee a thousand buy-ins. We get like a hundred players. Do the math, or if not, I'll do it for you. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> three math. times three is nine. There you go. I did the math. Um, but but really, you're getting you know nine to one on your money. It's it's outrageous. It is. Um, you should play this tournament. At the end. Yep. You should sign up for Nitrogen if you haven't already and gamble on there. Yep. We got sports betting and casino games. Poker. Got on there. They're good guys. They are. We get on there. Them. All right. All right, so there is now $25,800 in the pot on the 10 of hearts, 8 of spades, 4 of diamonds board. Jason Mercier has 3-bet out of the small blind with ace-queen of spades and C-bet. Jonathan Duhamel has called and called again with king-10 of diamonds. The turn is the 4 of hearts. Yeah. It brings a second heart. It never really changes anything unless one of these players had a 4. Both of them are very unlikely to have a 4. This is where if, if Mercier has an overpair, he can absolutely continue. He feels great about this card just yeah. in case Duhamel had 10-8 suited. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And even then you're like, whatever, like he doesn't have 10, eight suited very often, no. but yes, but it feels great about this card. And for lots of reasons, if, if he's up against Jack 10 or queen 10, just less outs. So I think it's an interesting discussion. Should Mercier continue? If he does, he's mostly repping ace 10 plus, right? Um, yeah, I think so. 
I think so. Um, I think he shouldn't continue because remember we were talking about what barrel cards he'd be looking for? Yeah. And the four of hearts was not one of them, right? It was any spade, any pair, and anything that gives him a gut shot, basically. Right. right? Um, this does not do that. And so as a result, it feels like we can't bet everything. So you think he would be continuing just far too often from a frequency standpoint if he continued on this card? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fair. At the same point, he has a pretty significant range advantage over Duhamel at this point, and he's going to put the majority of Duhamel's hands in bluff catch mode if he, if he barrels here. That is fair. So if he has a triple barrel plan, I mean, it could be effective against a lot of Duhamel's range. Right, but if you are going to be triple barreling with this hand on this board, it means you're probably just triple barreling way too much, and a guy like yeah. Duhamel's going to know that and then not fold and not be in uncomfortable positions on the turn and run. I right? agree with you. And this goes back to frequencies and balance, and this is why you just can't barrel everything every time, and you have to have some check folds here. Um, this is a reasonable check fold spot, I think. Um, you could decide to check call spot. I guess you could even decide to check race spot, but you can't bet everything every time on the turn. I, I want to also. Like, believe me, I, I always want to keep betting. Yeah. And you should keep betting with a fair amount of your range. This is one of the worst hands he's going to have these days in his range in terms of how it, how it works with the board, you know, in terms of draws and everything. Like, Do you think he should, if he had, like, king three suited and... Do you think you should barrel that hand because it's like a lesser showdown value hand? Interesting question. Uh, boy, I don't know. Uh, King three, if obviously not hearts. No. I would think that probably falls in the give up range as well most of the time. I think we just have better bluffs. We've got like queen jack, which is a really nice bluff that we can continue yeah. with. You know, we've got other, uh, we've got hearts, which have now picked up flush draws, which we can continue with. Um I mean, we have to pick some things, but I, I would guess king three suited is probably one of those hands that you just have to check fold because we have hands like five six suited, which is a double gutter and is going to continue on this card. It is a single gutter. You mean six seven suited, of course. I of course do mean that. Yes, yeah, six seven suited. Uh, but maybe even our gut shots we could continue with some of the time, you know? Uh, I'd be curious to see what the solver, solver with five, five six suited wants to continue 48% of the time. Okay. Just to give you a sense of it. Um, but with ace queen suited, it wants to continue. 35% of the time. So it's not wildly different from the solver's point of view, although that's including ace, queen of hearts. With the actual hand, it's 29%, mm. ace, queen of spades. Um, I feel like, yeah, we just can't do, especially against good players. Like, against really bad type players, you probably can just keep firing away here. Yeah. This is Jonathan Duhamel. The money doesn't bother him at all. Yeah. He's rich as fuck. Uh, <laughs> right? He can get back. Like, money's just not an issue. He's going to feel very comfortable continuing to call with all his reasonable hands here if we he knows we're just going to triple barrel like, too much. Yeah. Just, so I feel like it's a pretty, this is just one of those spots where you have to stop, stop firing. Yeah, I agree from a frequency perspective. Or we're just too bluffy if we're firing this hand. Yeah. I mean, Duhamel's just too good to, like, yeah. to be way, way, way uh, exploitative. Well, Mercier does check. Yeah. Should Duhamel bet? I don't see why he wouldn't. To bluff catch the river. Sure. Um, but you know, we can a deny equity, B get value from some hands that we're ahead of. Yeah. Like pocket nines, pocket sevens, maybe worse tens sometimes. I mean, you're getting ambitious with yeah, the value thing. I know. Um, and, you know, I find myself in practice in the spot that Mercier is in, or excuse me, that Duhamel's in. And of course this is not against Jason Mercier, but yeah. against players that I play against. I find myself checking back the majority of the time with that hand on, on that board. In cash, not tournaments? Because it's different. In both. Okay. In both. I think mostly because I, I think there's a ton of value in bluff catching against yep. these lines because people can't help themselves. 
Also, when you bet the river after you check the turn, they call you much, much wider, of course, because it feels yeah. super weak. Um, in cash, I'm much more apt to bet this turn than in a tournament where the chips are much more vital. True. In cash, there's just a lot more turn bets, I think, when someone checks anyway. So this is like a really good hand to have. This We're, we're not at the top of a range, but we are nearing, we're kind yeah. of up there. And it seems crazy not to try and get some value. We don't have to bet the river if we get called. It's up to us based on how the board runs out, what we think about our opponent's range and yeah. all of them. Um, I, I think I like a bet overall here as uh, in a yeah. cash game spot. I think, I think I'm usually going to bet this. It's mostly equity denial, it seems. Sure. I don't think there's a ton of value to be had. Um, there's some, but like you said, it's a little bit ambitious. Yeah. I mean, if Mercier's going to call with a hand like Ace Queen, that's another thing entirely. Well, we got to size it right. Yes, and Duhamel does size it to get called by these hands. He bets fifty five hundred and a twenty five thousand eight hundred. I mean, he's begging for yeah. a call here. He's saying like, you got to call me with Ace High, buddy. Like, how can you resist? It'll just you'll like you won't be able to sleep at night. Like yeah. if you if you fold this and I had Queen Jack, it'll right. bother you forever. Right. And by the way, when he bets like this with King-10, it means he can bet with Queen-Jack this way too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he sets himself up to make these tiny, tiny bets on this kind of a board. It's, it's kind of cool. cool you yeah. Know? Like, is Mercier... Mercier is going to have to have some checks with pocket aces and stuff like that, but maybe he didn't in 2010. I don't know. Maybe he's pretty face-up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean... If we think he's continuing with Ace-10+, plus specifically, then he is face-up, right? Yeah. That Duhamel's like, well, I'm kind of always winning. Right. Not 100%, but nearly 100%, right? There's a few check raises maybe Mercier has here, but not very many. Like, usually, if Mercier has, like, 8-8, eight, eight, he's just going to continue on the turn, right? I mean, if usually, he's going to have check raises, that would be a great hand. It is. It is a great That's, hand like, maybe the best hand yes, to check raise. because he doesn't block top here. Yeah. Um, that's true. Um, but, like, th- there isn't that much... when. I, when you are Duhamel, I don't even know how afraid we are of check raises, really, right? I mean, is Mercier going to check raise kings on this board? I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe, maybe he has. If that he's going to check raise some draws and some full houses, he's probably going to have to check raise some overpairs yeah. too. Yeah, you're probably right. Otherwise, he just doesn't have enough value because he has almost no force. Right. Right. He's got maybe two combos of ace four suited. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe none. Yeah. Because it's a cash game where he's. More apt to just flat the small blind with that hand than than three bet. Not necessarily in this situation because there's a the straddle. straddle. That's so there's a third blind. And it's like you're calling nineteen hundred over your two hundred. That's a really good point. Actually, yeah. it's way there's there's more there's more free money in there to go after. Yeah. That said, Duhamel does bet fifty five hundred, and I think it's a uh, it's pretty cool. It's cool. He's like, well, if you have two sevens, you're, if you have any pair, you're calling. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, by the way, the solver likes the bet and prefers the small bet over... We gave it the option to also bet bigger as Duhamel. Yeah, we gave it a chance to bet 13,000, and it thinks uh, Duhamel should be betting 81% of the time the smaller size, 5,500, and 13.5% time the bigger size, and only checking 5%. All right, so now Mercer's in the spot where it's like, well, here we I are. getting 6 to 1. <laughs> I mean, and that's I, good. Yeah. But, you know, then there's the other problems. Of having ace high and no draw? Yeah, no draw. So what are we beating? We're okay. we're beating a fair amount of hands. We're beating Jack Nine, assuming these are all in Duhamel's preflop range, which I believe they probably are. Jack Nine suited and six seven suited make a ton of sense. Queen Jack seven nine suited also. Yep. Um, so that alone is what sixteen combos that we just said. E- did we say three or four total combos? Yeah, you're right. Four. Yeah. Six, seven, jack, nine, seven, nine, queen, jack. Those, mm-hmm. those all make sense, right? Yes. You would probably play all of those like this. Maybe he would raise the flop some of the time with some of them. Okay. So that's a reasonable amount of hands that we block none of, except for queen, jack. Mm-hmm. We block one of the combos of queen, jack suited. Yeah. 
So 15 combos remain. Cool. That's a reasonable, those, those are all reasonable hands to put them on and decide that we're ahead of. Yep. Right? Is there anything else we can be beating? What are the four we said? We said seven, six, queen, yeah. jack, nine, seven, jack, nine. Yep. The queen, nine suited, maybe. I don't think he's calling preflop. I don't know if he is. That seems a little ambitious. Yeah, I agree. He might, he might talk himself in the fact that he's got position and they're deep, but, and there's the extra straddle money in there, but maybe, but probably just folds, right? Yeah. Maybe probably. five, I think five, six suited is more likely. Yeah. If I you're going to choose just a single, I agree. I'm just trying to come up gotcha. with something yeah. else. Okay. Does he have things like ace jack here ever? Where he, fl- where he just feels like he can't fold the flop. And, and then, then he, he gets the checked turn. to him. He's like, well, I mean, I'm not just going to check back, although he could check He could back. really check back against Mercier. Yeah. Where he could be actually checking back with the intention of calling a lot yeah. of rivers. I wouldn't uh, really think about hands like that. He could be trying to fold out like two sevens, but I don't know that he's going to. When he bets 5,500, he's not folding out. doesn't feel that sevens. way. Yeah. I agree. So, and it, like King Queen doesn't feel like it's going to call the flop usually. No. Yeah. So I think it's mostly just those open okay. enders. And, and the gutters. All right, and then what are the hands that make sense for Duhamel to play this way that we're losing to? Um, well, I think 10s are reasonable. Like 9, 10 suited plus? Yeah. Um, certainly 8, 10 suited would be yeah. two parents, three pair now, but yeah, something I believe he would play like this. Um, Ace, 10 offsuit? Do you think he has that? Because I don't think he has King, 10 off. I think King, 10 suited. I agree. I think... <sighs> I don't know if he has ace-10. I think he probably has some ace-10 offsuit when they're this deep, and it's just button a small blind. Ace-10's probably a little too good to throw yeah. away. Um, I would guess he can flat that in position. Um, so that's a hand he would bet for yeah. sure, right? Then he's also got 8-8, eight, 10-10. Eight, ten, ten. Yes. Probably a little jack-jack. Yes. He might have other big pairs. Yeah, he, he might, might have, have some aces, kings, and queens. He might have like three combos totals of, of aces, kings, and queens. Yeah, maybe even less, but yeah. a tiny bit. Um, so that's all... Some value. There's some value there. Right. But based on the uh, amount of bluffs that we gave him, we definitely are getting the right odds to call with how, Ace Queen. How about nines, by the way? If he can bet, if he can bet pretty much any 10, can yeah, he? Yeah, he can probably bet nines. That's probably the end of it. Probably not Ace 8. Ace 8's close. It's close. He could bet 5,500 with Ace 8, actually, yeah. and then check back the river. Yeah. Okay. I think Ace 8, I think eight, 8s could even be in there because he's betting so small. Like so nine, eight, suited. Eight, nine, seven, eight, and Ace 8 suited, probably. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe 6 8. Maybe 6 8, yeah. Probably not Jack 8. Right. Yeah. All right. Still, there's, so there's more value combos than there are bluff combos, but again, we're getting 6 to 1. So whatever. Yeah. And by the way, we are live as Mercier. Against a lot of that, we can hit a queen or an ace and be yeah. okay. Yeah. Not all of it. Most. Yeah. I mean, it would suck to like river and ace check and have him bet big, though. And you're yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> he has ace 10 and, or 10, 10 or 8, 8. Or, yeah. You know. Seems real bad. Ace, ace 4. But anyway, I think calling is probably the right play for Mercy. I think so, too, but it sucks. He does call. Yeah. The solver likes it. He wants him to call 75% of the time. Right on. All right. So now we've got a $36,800 pot. Okay. Which is probably how much we should be charging for our book. But we've decided not to because we are generous. Yeah. We are kind. <laughs> Y'all come on back now. You hear? We got coyotes in this book. Listen now. You're oh, making God. fun of my accent. I'm the coyote man. <laughs> coyote man. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell them about the book. Oh, God. Do it in a normal voice. <laughs> I am kind, and this book is also kind. Oh, That's boy. my Xerxes voice. That's great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, no, the book is fun. It's good. You should read it. It's called How Can He Fold? You can get it at thepokerguys.net. It's 37 tournament hands that Jonathan and I broke down. We went into excruciating analytical detail, but we still had fun doing it. And guess what? You're going to have fun when you read it, you dummies. And you're going to learn too. So that sounds like a good reason to read it. Hey, guess what? 
Here's what? some endorsements for the book. Number one, it's in Card Player Magazine. Yeah. They're putting one of the chapters in like every couple issues of Card Player Magazine. That's pretty good. That's pretty sweet. That's an institution in the poker world, and you should respect them, and you should grovel at their feet. Also, true. we are being taught to talented high school juniors in a game theory class in Kentucky. Now, how do you like them apples? Yeah, you suckers. Dumb idiots. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good the book is. Being taught to children. We're shaping the youth of America. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. When the bridge you're driving on doesn't collapse. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's of us. us. That's poker guys right there. How can he fold? Great question. <laughs> you should buy it today. <laughs> hey, here's a review from Amazon that okay. I thought I'd read. From Mark Ross. He says, easy read, good lessons. This book is great. Each hand has a clear conversational breakdown of the decisions and specific takeaway lessons or ideas. It's very similar to the podcast and videos and aimed at the same audience. That's you guys. Jonathan and Grant's banter comes through as well, just formatted for this medium. I bought this day one and fully enjoyed it. Five stars. By the way, three people found this helpful. So Those people are smart. Yeah, now a bunch more just found it helpful. Mark Ross, thank you very much for the review. Yeah. So, you know, get on the pokerguys.net, get the ebook there, or you can go to Amazon, get the paperback, leave a review. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Be, be cool. <laughs> be, be chill, bro. <laughs> All, All right. right. We roll on. $36,800 is more than we charge for the book, and it is what is in the pot. Right. Uh, we've got the old 1084 hearts, spades, and diamonds flop. We've got the four of hearts on the turn. Jason Mercier is ace, queen of spades. What's Having the river? Dude, I'm still going. Oh, sorry. Having bet the flop and check called the turn. Jonathan Duhamel has king 10 of diamonds. He, of course, called the flop and bet the turn. What's the river? <laughs> Five of clubs. Five of clubs. All right. Five of clubs. Cool. Jason Mercer checks. Feels like that's the only option. The solver in, thinks it's literally the only option. It's 100% checking. He's in let's figure out what this French Canadian guy does mode. Yep. I'm with you there. Hey, I can think of a hand that came in, by the way, on that five o'clock. Yeah, no shit. The old six seven, the old double gutter. Coyote man <laughs> could have told you that. Yeah, even coyote man. Yeah. All right, all right. So, Jonathan, Jonathan should go for value. Yes, it I mean, feels very unlikely that Mercier has an overpair. Sometimes, played. sometimes we're going to value ourselves right here. Sometimes Jonathan. Mercier is going to be playing tricky and show up with aces or something. But maybe he's we'll, got ace ten and decides to check the turn. Maybe, maybe he's got jack sometimes and decides to check the turn. But whatever, like we just have to go for value. Yeah, it's, we're losing so much money by not going for value. Yeah. We're trying to get called by two nines or ace high or some eight that three bet or a weaker ten that three bet. Yeah, yeah. All those things. Maybe, yeah, and like you said, two tens. Like, there, there are worse tens out there that are not impossible. Jack 10 suited, queen 10 suited. Yep. The solver does want Duhamel to bet, wants him to bet all the time. That's he's, good. He's going to bet big. He's going to bet 26,200. That is big. He 36,800. He's making up for a little bit of misvalue on the turn, perhaps. Yep. This is a, uh, now, Jason Mercier may not be the target for this, but this is something I've discussed on the podcast before. A technique that I find somewhat useful when going for value on a multi-street plan against a lot of players is to kind of emotionally commit them to the pot with a small turn bet because then they feel more like they're supposed to follow through with a river bet. A mm-hmm. lot of people subscribe to the theory of, well, nothing changed. And I, I called the turn. I have to call the river, you know. Yeah. It's not really how you should be thinking about things. No, we have a new data point, which is a big bet just came yeah, in. Right. Yeah. But it, it is effective at manipulating people, and perhaps that's a little bit of what Duhamel's doing here. Well, I mean, this is a line that we see a lot of really good players take anyway, which is like small, small, big. Not that Duhamel bet on the flop he called, but yeah. still. Um, but betting small and then betting big later. Sometimes we'll see the small flop bet and the big turn bet. Sometimes we'll see, like I said, flop small, turn small, but then 
bomb river. We're seeing that kind of line more and more because it's so hard to play against. Yeah. It's like, cool. We went from, I, I basically felt forced to put chips in and now suddenly I'm in this really tough spot where you're polarized and I don't know what to do and it sucks. All right. So Duomo does make this bet. So my first question is, how has the value range from what we were talking about in the turn shrank? For Duhamel. Yeah. What, what can we remove that we had on the turn? Like, we had him having yeah. pocket nines and ace-eight. Ace I, think, I think we can remove those hands. I agree. Ace-eight for sure is gone. I think pocket nines, it's a little too ambitious yeah. as well, because we're trying to targeting pocket nines. Right. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if we're betting the worst, the very worst jacks. If we have 10-9 suited. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Tens. If we have ten nine suited, I don't think we're betting that for this amount. We might bet it less, but it feels like also we block pocket nines, which yeah. isn't great. Um, so I would guess where this really the bidding starts at are like queen jack or sorry queen ten something like that. For some reason, I want jacks to be tens and tens to be jacks. Queen ten suited feels like the very beginning of the value range to me. That sounds about right. Maybe this is even the bottom of it when he bets this much. Maybe, but it, but it could be queen ten. Yeah, I don't think he's even betting jack ten at this this amount but maybe maybe there you go so we got queen 10 suited yep three combos king 10 suited three combos ace Ace 10 suited which is two combos from our serious perspective so we're at seven eight combos we've got 10 10 which we probably can't give him all three combos because he didn't four bet pre-flop he didn't raise the flop either yeah yeah so maybe something like one combo of that sure same with eight eights so another two combos total um, I think we should give him more than one combo of tens. Actually, like he's gonna call a lot. All right, so give him we'll two combos of tens and yeah. one combo of eights. Cool. Cool. So we're at eleven. Eleven combos of value that makes sense. Yep. Any fours? Do you think we have? Do we have him have fours pre-flop? Like ace Let me four take a look. suited. We we don't do Hamel. We don't have him having any ace four suited. The only fours he have is five four suited, which we do have him having. That's the only four and pocket fours, of course, for quads. That's it. So, but 5-4 suited makes sense. And there's one combo of pocket force. 5-4 suited makes the most sense. Yeah. So, sure, there's two combos of that. Okay, cool. So we're at 13. And then quad fours, we'll give him like half a combo. I don't know, because he's raising the flop a lot with that. He hand. is. He is. So maybe even less than half a combo. Whatever. Something like 13 combos of value that make plenty of sense, right? Um, did we give him pocket jacks? No. So we could probably give him... Jacks. Jacks and a little bit of the other overpairs. So total, maybe it's five, like... Five overpairs total? Max, like that. yeah. Maybe it's four. But so somewhere like between like 15 and 18 combos of value that yeah. make plenty of sense. Five is good, actually. Oh, yeah. wait. We got to add three more. Ten four more. Suited? No. Oh, um, I was thinking six, seven suited. Oh, yeah. Six, seven suited, four more for sure. Yeah. So that gets us to like, let's call it 22 or 21. And then 10, eight suited. <clears throat> where there's two sure. combos of that also, which he's going to bet. Okay. So somewhere around 20 to 23 combos. Okay, sure. Of value. 20 to 25, whatever. All right, and then the bluffs. Okay. Jack-9 suited. Yes. 7-9 suited. Yes. Queen-Jack suited. Yes, that's There's 12. 12 combos. We're already there as far as being able to have the right odds to call if we can give him all of those combos. If he's going to actually bluff all those yeah. things on the river. Right. Which he's not going to bluff all of them, probably. Right. Well, actually, I don't know. Some guys are. Duhamel probably isn't. Beyond that, though, I can't think of any bluffs. Those were the only ones, right? Unless he had some weird floats on the flop. Some like king, jack of hearts type hand? Yeah, some like backdoor stuff. It doesn't even have to be hearts. It could be diamonds or spades where he's got, you know, backdoors and he calls yeah. and then he makes, you know, he picks up hearts so he bets or he just misses, but he gets the check so he's going to bet anyway. So maybe to make up for the difference in the random hands, we give him the total amount of combos of the, the hands that make sense. So we, we give him all of those back. So okay. He's a, he's okay. A, so then he ends up so at 12. He, so then he's at a reasonable 12 place. Yeah. Okay. Seems, seems about right. It does. Based on those numbers, it's a call. Yes. 
Based on those numbers, it's a call. I, of course, we came up with those out of our butts. We did that kind of quickly. And do we believe... Um, I'll say this. Like, it doesn't feel like a call. Even no. though based on the numbers, it's a call, right? right. It feels like it would be really ambitious to put $26,000 in here with Ace Queen uh, and hope to win enough, yeah. enough of the time that this is a good idea. Even though the numbers seem to support it, I will admit. Yeah. So... I don't know. Is Duhal? We're not actually sure that Duhal was betting Queen Ten all the time and King Ten all no. the time. That's part of the problem. When he when he chooses the sizing, we're, we can see he's betting King Ten, yeah. so it's easy to include those. We hands. might be polarizing him a bit more. Yeah, like I might think if I'm Mercier when he goes tiny and then what feels like pretty big. I mean, yeah. it's just two thirds of the pot, so maybe we're overstating it. It's kind of big. It feels kind of big. It's real money, right? Yeah. Um, like I would think he has. I wouldn't. I don't think I would automatically think he has King Ten here. King Ten suited. I don't know if I would include that in his value range if I was Mercy. Not necessarily. No. Yeah, I might think Ace Ten at Ace Ten at the very bottom. Yeah, that's probably where I would start. So yeah, that changes the equation. Yeah. Of course, you could remove some of his bluff combos. You might not think he's following through with all those bluffs. In the end, he's getting like bit combo wise. It's going to be tough not to get him to better yeah. than two to one. Fair enough. Making it a mathematical call. Fair enough. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That said, like you're, you're saying, it just feels like you're losing with ace-queen here. It just really, really feels like... But, but again, against a guy like Duhamel, you have to go you with the to, numbers more than you go calls. with your gut. There's no question about it. You have to be willing to call some of the damn time. Solver wants Mercier to call 31% of the time. So right. it's not saying it's a slam dunk call, but it is saying you should definitely call some of the time. Here's an interesting thing. Like I'm just looking right here. Solver with ace-king suited wants to call less. So it just wants to pick a few, a few of its big aces... And oh, call. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I guess it thinks like Ace King is not a hand that, like, Ace King and Ace Queen play similarly, and that you figure like Duhamel's going to four bet Ace King a lot, maybe. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, the solver doesn't know this. The solver doesn't know what's happened. No, it doesn't know about pre So it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it, it only wants Ace King to call 19% of the time, huh. and it wants Ace Queen to call 30% of the time. These are suited hands, but even off suit, they play the same. Weird. Looking at the percentages. So it just wants you to have a few, maybe because, oh, because we block. Queen Jack? No, that doesn't help us. It doesn't matter. No. We actually kind of want him to have Queen yeah. Jack. We don't want to block Queen yeah. Jack. That's weird. I don't know, man. Um, in practice, I would have a really hard time finding a call here. Well, Jason Mercier doesn't. Right. Jason he Mercier does the math and he's struggles like, a little bit and puts the chips in sadly and Duhamel turns over the hand. He's like, Oh, you have even that hand? That's, yeah, that sucks. That's too bad. That's really bad for me. Yeah. Like now maybe maybe this isn't even a good call. Let right. alone like at least turn over, you know, Jack's here, man, or ace ten or something. It's, and Duhamel turns it not that he's being a douche because I've done it before too, but the way he turns the hand over, I can feel that feeling of turning over the thin value hand, like yeah. knowing you're good. Like I bet you didn't think I had this hand. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. feels so good to turn that yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's how Jason Mercier lost, you know, $50,000. Oh, man. I'm glad I've never lost $50,000 like that. I've lost $50,000. It was less of, than 50000 Lots of other horrible ways, but It was like more that. like 40000 but, no. you know. Yeah, that's not as bad. It's fine. Losing $40,000. Yeah. No, no big deal. Jason Mercier. Jason Mercier. And you know what? I've been not Jonathan for like... 30 minutes and crushing the not Jonathan-ness of this whole thing. You, I've been so not Jonathan, you didn't even notice. Stealth not Jonathan.